This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, so what is Thrivehood, you might ask? Well, that's a good question. I'd say it's a relevant life roadmap for young men out there who want to thrive as they're maturing boldly into manhood. From the very serious to the silly, I chat about a wide variety of relatable topics that both challenge and motivate you to do what needs to be done now so you can become who you want to be later. I'm Tim Williams, and this is Thrivehood. Recently, I caught up with Dylan Bradley. Dylan earned a scholarship to play football at the University of Southern Miss. He then did so well that it earned him an opportunity to play professional ball at the Minnesota Vikings for, I believe it was two years. But he had an injury and pretty much required him to hang up his cleats early. And he is now the head strength and conditioning coach at D1. It's a place called D1 in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And he loves it there, has an opportunity to not only help people strengthen their bodies physically, but strengthen them um, mentally and is seeing an opportunity to really pour into people's lives. And I had the fortunate opportunity to get to know him. And through discussion, I thought, hey, uh, Dylan, I'd love for you to come on and maybe just share with us a little bit about your experiences and maybe some opportunities to uh, encourage us today. And so here is that interview. I have the one, the only Dylan Bradley. Dylan, how are you, man? I'm going great today. What about yourself? Well, I'm still six feet this side of the earth, so I guess that's a good thing, right? Hey, man, it up. <laughs> Hey, so let's jump right into this. And as we as we unlock this and as we talk, I think the young men will sort of get an idea where we're headed. But let's just set this up. First thing is tell us a little bit about Dylan Bradley. What who who are you and what you're about, man? Um, so I my first you already know my name. My name is Dylan Bradley. Um, I'm originally from Louisiana. Um Alexander to be exact, moved to Mississippi when we was, me and my family moved to Mississippi when we was younger. Um, grew up in Knoxville County, Macon, Mississippi, small, small town. Um, you can miss it if you blink too fast. Um, grew up there and played sports, did everything there. Had a fortunate opportunity to go play at the University of Southern Miss um, for four years. And then also had opportunity after that to go play the Minnesota Vikings. Um, and then after my career ended um, due to injury, ended up moving back home with my family and my little brother moved to Tennessee. And that's how I'm here. Um, not too much. It's not too, not a lot about me. It's what you see, what you get. Um, um, I'm a guy that, you know, passionate about a lot of things. First and foremost, you know, 
man of God that, you know, I let God direct my steps so that I can go in his, in his direction, not mine. So that's, that's basically who I am. Fantastic. So how, how did you get interested in sports? I know we'll, we'll narrow down to football, but just in general, what, what was it the motivator for you to get into sports? But just like every young man growing up in high school, you see all your friends playing a sport and you wanted to be out there with them and, you know, just getting out there, you know, athleticism was already there. Um, but you don't know that until you're out there on the football field and see other athletes perform and you're like, oh, I can do this easy. And so sports was a thing that I so happened to pick up, um, had an uncle playing in the NFL uh, with the Dallas Cowboys and also watching the Redskins at the time with that in Commanders. Um, but, you know, sports for me was something like an outlet, um, some kind of it's a good thing to do instead of, you know, being just running around, getting in trouble. Sports actually allowed me to be around my friends, do something pr- productive instead instead of something that's going to destroy me. So that's what made me really do sports is stay out the streets and being be on the field. Well, it's that's an interesting point you make is being as young as you were and making that conscious decision to say, well, you just said it, gee, I, I have an option to be out on the streets or I have an option to make something of myself. Are you right. able to, are you able to, it's hard to do. I know sometimes of drill down and say, what, what was it that, what instinct, what was it that drove you to say, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm going to take uh, the this path versus this other path. Is there anything that sort of sticks out on your mind as to why you, you chose that path? I wish I could say exactly what it was, but it really wasn't anything. Um, I think at that time I was a young, a young man growing up, um, single mother home and things like that. Had a little baby brother um, who who watched my every step, and I wanted to be someone he can look up to and say, "Oh, I can do it this way instead of going this way." And I knew the importance at a much young age at setting a great example for those that come behind you. Because not only did I have my brother, I had cousins and things like that that was, you know, looking up to me. Even if they didn't tell me, I knew that they were watching my every move. And if I if I would have went down a road of destruction, so happened they would have did that, right? Or, you know, going on a path of being not like how people say a good guy, a good boy, it, um, it helped, you know, lead my brother and cousins on the right path as well. Yeah. You're talking and you're touching on a subject matter that I just recently spoke about it's influence, right? I mean, you, you, you had people in your life, uh, thank God, right. Thank God for your family that decided to pour into you and to say, Hey, we're going to influence you and and we're going to kick you in the butt if you don't do, do the right thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mom didn't play that. Mom, mom definitely didn't play that. So I knew I knew sports was my only way to really at that time get out the house. So my mom, <laughs> yeah. my mom didn't allow really allow us to, you know, when you get out of school, you had to come home off the bus, do your homework first. Then you go play. And then before the streetlight come on, you got to be in the house. Um, football allowed me to be around my friends a little bit longer because football normally ran right out the school and. Streetlights are on, but mom knew I'm at football, so that allowed me to to be with my friends and things like that that time. Yeah, I, I love – we and we could go down this path for 20 minutes just talking about the influence of parents and right. how, how important that is. And a single – and especially a single mom situation there raising 
sons. I, I just, man, I, I, we may even talk to you about that at some <laughs> point, but yeah, uh, so tell us a little bit, you touched on, you were at, uh, I'm sorry, you said Southern Mississippi? Yes, sir. Southern okay. Mississippi. So maybe <clears throat> give us a little bit of your experience. Like, so you're in college, you, you get into college and you're playing football and maybe break down a little bit about that experience just in general. And then going into the NFL, maybe some takeaways, some things you experienced, some, some, just something, maybe the life practicality, if that's a word, maybe something that you can apply, you know? Um, So, like I said, um, fortunate enough to play at a high school that produced some top athletes um, in the state of Mississippi. um, And then University of Southern Miss came calling Coach Munkin and Coach Duggan. Coach Duggan came down to my school one day and they pulled me out of class and said, yo, we want to offer you. Um, We think you can come help us turn this thing around. Me not knowing what Southern Miss was, um, only thing I remember was when they told me who Brett Favre, Brett Favre went there. I'm like, okay, cool, Brett Favre. I know what that is, but yeah, what a school yeah. but, Um, So I went down there on my official visit, and I fell in love with the campus, the area, and everything about the school, about the history of the school, about the defense. Um, and um, went signed my letter of intent. Um, I, I actually committed to Southern Miss on New Year's Eve, um, the night of New Year's Eve. And I called Coach Monk um, and I was like, Coach, I got some good news for you. I remember um, my family was standing around me and I and I wanted to make sure that they was a part of my decision, asking how they felt about my decision. And all of them were like, yo, if you're going, we're going. We're going we're gonna to ride this thing until the wheel fall off. And I called down there, told them that I wanted to commit to them and come there and sign my letter of intent with other schools still calling my coach said, Hey, you want Dylan to come here? Can, how can we get him here? And my coach like Dylan is going to Southern Miss. He's one of those guys. We show, we tell a coach something his word is bond. So went down to Southern Miss first practice, first workout was a rude awakening. I thought coming out of high school, 16 and old winning the state championship, I thought I was a man. I went down there, had guys in front of, <laughs> had some guys in front of me that um, went went to play in the league. So I'm like, okay, this is a rude awakening. Um, playing defensive tackle, nose guard, DN. Um, I thought I was coming down there to play linebacker. Figured that out quick. That I was not fast enough. So let me go back to the D line. Um, <laughs> still struggle because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, and what after what I would say a key takeaway from me was to grow up, you know, you had to grow up and become a man child. At that time, I was probably 17, 18, or just turned 18. So I had to become a man child in the sense of mom not there to save you. I remember calling my mom after the first week, mom, this is not for me. I want to come home and I'm ready to throw the towel in. Well, Dylan, if you quit, you don't don't have a home to come to. Oh, wow. wow. So I knew I was not stuck in the sense of it, but I knew what she was doing was trying to make me to commit to my goal. And so um, went there, got through the summer training, got to the first game of the season. And I'm thinking, I'm going to red shirt. So my first year, I'm just going to be a, um, a guy that's on the sideline and helping cheer the team on. And when they go away games, I'm staying in the dorm room so I can have fun and party and be a real college kid. Yeah, my coach, <laughs> Coach LeBlanc, told me, hey, no, dog, you're a second string. You're going to be playing. Um I was fortunate enough to play my first year, and I learned a lot during that first year. I learned a lot about myself, about my 
I like to use the word grit, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, um, that showed me that I have a never quit attitude. Um, first couple of games wasn't playing, was getting in in times where the game was over with or get in here and there plays. And, you know, in college, you know, it only take that one game to show you that you belong in, in playing. And I remember playing against middle, uh, middle Tennessee, um, university, state university. And that game, I probably had, I want to say like 18 tackles. As a, as a defensive nose guard, so I'm running around the field, no sacks, I just tackled out running up and down the field, catching people, and I'm like, oh, this is this is a breeze, <laughs> and <laughs> like I got this, and learning that you know during any battle, you know you got to fight for what you want, you can't quit in the middle, right? right? I wanted to quit in the middle, not understanding that that this journey that I was on is only getting me ready for my destination, and my destination was showing that. This is, you know this, you know football, you know how to play. Um, not only in football, though, you know, going to classes, your mom not waking you up no more, and you got to get to class. So going to classes, having to do things on my own, you know, but having, you know, people as a support system and using those support systems as like study hall. Um, I didn't know what study hall was. I thought it was a place you go there to give people your paper and they do your homework for you because you're a football player. <laughs> not knowing that, that they was actually there to help you know what you're doing and you have to do your own homework so <laughs> right. um i fell in love with that process as well as as a as a thing of learning so um college really taught you how to balance life you know football is very easy for you when you do when you got something that's easy for you you can do that all day but the hard part for me was like the classrooms being and being being paying, paying attention in there being attention to detail going home committing to studying and stuff like that and in college, teachers don't care if you play football or you're an everyday Joe. You're going to be treated the same, and, and they expect you to act that way. So mm-hmm. holding myself to a higher standard in those senses was something that I had to grow up and do. And still to this day, I hold those same kind of traits that I, I learned during those times. Um, and, you know, being around the right people. I say tell every high school kid, every kid, this: if you're going to a college, just don't go to a college because they got their name, you know. You don't want to go to a college because oh, they produce, you know, big time NFL names. You want to go to a college because they are family. They feel like family to you. They want to hold you accountable outside of football. They're not going to let football dictate how they treat you. You know what I mean? Um, so, right. foot football is a tool. It's not everything. So that's what a lot of kids misunderstand that football going to football is everything. I don't need class. No, football is a tool to get an education because once you get education. If football don't pans out, you can get a job in a sense of whatever you want to do because you play football, so they know your name. But now you got this thing, this diploma that backs you. So now you can continue to grow in a different space if football is not – if the NFL is not your – it's the end goal. So, Cool. Yeah, so much there that we could unpack. I know we don't have time to, but I just love this message that you're uh, sending to young men today and what you're doing and – I know also you spent a little time and we may not have a lot of time to share it, but I know you spent some time, got to the NFL, you played with uh, the Vikings for a few years. And so maybe speeding up a little bit, I would love to hear that, but maybe I that's talk about that. It's around too. Um, yeah. Tell us just a little bit about that and then go into, you know, what happened. Obviously right. you had your career ended. If you could just share just a couple of minutes about, that had to be a tough transition for you. Oh, yeah, and, I definitely talk about that. And share a little bit about coming out of that. That would be great, I think. Um, so 
like um, after my career at Southern Miss, which was a great career in my mind, and a lot of and a lot of other people told me the same thing, um, was got opportunity to play for Minnesota Vikings. I thought I was going to be drafted, but I wasn't drafted. But Minnesota talked to me through the whole draft, um, Coach Dre. And after the draft, my agent called me and said, they want to sign you. You're getting this kind of money. And I'm like, cool. Anybody else call? Because the free agent, you want to make sure you take all the, the right offer. Um, he was like, yeah, everybody, people call it, but nobody offering the money Minnesota offer. I'm like, well, I'm going to Minnesota. I'm a Viking. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> so got there, man. I loved it. It was different for me. It's a different environment. That's the north. Um, north. So I've never been to the north. Got up there. Then it was a culture shock to me because the south and north are totally two different things. Um, mm-hmm. Got up there and it was experience. It was experience, um, for to say the least. Uh, went through rookie minicamp. Um, and rookie meeting count went good, brought me back, um, went through OTAs and all, and then went through, um, training camp, played the whole year up there on, on practice squad. And then, um, after during rookie meeting camp hurt myself, but I, I was able to still practice and play. Um, and then after that, you know, they brought me back. Um, I signed a new contract in January, but I had, I had surgery right before that in December, um, right before we played the NFC Championship game against the Eagles that year that we lost, and then the Eagles and the Eagles ended up winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, signed a new contract, ended up having to have a new surgery again um, on my ankle because um, it wasn't really – it wasn't done the proper way um, without the Anderson in Green Bay. So um, that career um, – during that time of NFL, it was great. It was a great feel. I met some friends, lifelong friends, me and Dalvin Cook, Still talk to this day. Um, Jaleel Johnson, he plays for the Titans now. Just saw him another day. And, man, talking about, talking about embrace, man. We embrace each other like we – because we haven't saw each other in a while because I once I left, I left. I totally left. And I was in a – and in the transition after the NFL was I was in a space of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I was in a space where depression and anxiety set, set in on me because I thought football was my way. I thought football – it was football or bust for me, and that really what it felt like. Um, so, but after, you know, um, after football, I was going through a very dark stage in my life. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I was good at. And, you know, found myself in situations where, you know, I tell ki- kids now, you know, like when you get in these places, you got to talk to people. But I was in the isolation mode. I wanted to isolate myself from people. Um, I didn't want to talk about my stuff. I drown my sorrows and alcohol and different other things um, and found myself in a bad, bad space for months on end. Um, my little brother got drafted and we moved to Tennessee. And I remember a weekend we went back to Mississippi for a Mississippi State game and I got into some trouble, uh, to say the least, that I ended up in a mental institute because um, uh, I wasn't mentally here. I wasn't strong there. Um Ended up, you know, almost committing suicide and things like that. So I was in a mental facility for a couple, couple days. That couple days, I, I wouldn't say a week was a couple days. I just don't know how long it was because they have clocks. <laughs> it was just every day ran together. Um, and I came out of there. Um, I came out of there as a better man, understanding that I got to figure out how to get out of this. Because not only do I got to figure out how to get out of it, but somebody down the road might need my help one day. You know, I thought about friends who was leaving the league and everything like that. So I'm like, okay, let me get out of this. Um, came back to Tennessee that following weekend. Um, I met um, 
I met a girl who's now my fiance. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. I I met her and I would say um, when God wants something from you, he directs you into that path. And she was, I I, I always tell it like she was a godsend because she saved me. Um, Now we have two kids, two little boys, Nash and Dakota. And um, my goal for my, my goal for myself was always to get better day and day. Right. It's a constant battle within yourself because if you're fighting things every day, you're fighting demons, you're fighting things that are, well, some people say it, it's, you know, you fight it. Just, I would say you're just fighting demons, okay? Because some people mm-hmm. going to tell you, man, you just got to get out your head. <laughs> no, nah, sometimes getting out your head is harder than what people think because you feel like you're That's drowning. Right. That's and right. I, would t- I tell young men today, and I talk to them all the time, how you feeling mentally. I don't care how you feeling physically. Physically. Well, I do care, but mentally, how you feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't feel good. What's wrong? Talk talk about it. Let's get it out um, because I know that feeling of feeling you have nobody to talk to. Um, and then um, just started training people. Um, I started this training thing where I was just training my sister and my, and my girl at the time. And boom, I figured I was good at this. So I got certified in personal training. And the battle constant was a battle to get out of that slump that I was in because I held my head down and thought the NFL, me not making it long-term NFL was a failure, not knowing that, that most people don't even get that far that I did. Um, had people in my corner, and that's, you know, training, had people in my corner, kept pushing me to do things, like my brother, my uh, my brother, my sister, my girl, everybody's pushing me to do things. Had my boys now looking at me, so I had to do something. I couldn't just sit in my... Um, I don't know this pro, but I call it I, like everybody say if you sit and piss long enough and it stop, it stop smelling. So that's, that's how right. I, that's how I felt like I was just okay. You got to get up and move because now I'm not smelling no more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Met a wonderful guy um, that I that I call a brother now, um, Dre. He works here at D1 with me. Um, he wrote me on Instagram and brought me over there to D1, which is a gym that I work at now. Um, and I would say. I wasn't as close to God as I was before I met him. And he, and when I tell, now that I'm learning, you know, getting closer and reading Bible scripture, I learned that God will place things and people in your life at certain times on your journey to get you to this destination that he wants you at. And now I'm starting to see a clear vision of what my life was meant to be. Um, my life was meant to make it there, but my life also was meant for me to be a, not, not such as a minister, but to minister young kids and young boys and know that just because it don't work out this way, don't mean God purpose for you is not something else. Wow. What an incredible story, Dylan. And what a powerful message for young men. What a powerful message. I think also the word that came to me as you were talking is mentoring, having being right. able to be in a position of mentoring. So I know we don't have a whole lot of time uh, left. So I want to just dive into this. You've, you've covered right. a lot. I had a number of questions, but <laughs> you did a great job of covering it. So D one, we're going to do just a little mini promo here of D one here gotcha. in spring Hill, Tennessee. Tell me a little bit about what, what are you doing there to help young men, both mentally and physically? Um, I'm the D one. I'm the head coach, uh, which I, all programming and everything for classes. And then we have one-on-ones. Um, one-on-ones are more individualized. I train your son, Brad. You know, that's how I mean you linked up. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and what I do here is I encourage young men to go to their full potential. Um, 
a lot of us don't know our full potential because we don't because we can't see it for ourselves. So you have to find somebody to see it in you. And and a lot and everybody always say, well, we can't. Everybody won't be in NFL, but that's probably right. But everybody got potential to be great. Um, so um, th- that's all I do. I mag- I give give the guys a magnifying glass so they can see their potential, and then they starting to have them grow and thrive through um, through whatever sport it is. It could be football, it can be basketball, it can be um, soccer, whatever. Um, but having the ability to touch different lives in a different way, right? Because some people might can't like I tell people all the time to. Some people probably can't go to church and feel and feel feel seen. Some people don't feel seen at home or by their coaches. To have a guy that is one-on-one training with you and see you and see your potential, it actually encouraged them to hold their head up higher and have a little bit more chest out to say, I can do this. And I didn't see a, a number of kids I have trained. Um, I'm a, I can use your son for one, Brett. When yes. he came in, I – I asked Brett, hey, Brett, you think you can uh, catch a ball on me? No, I don't think I can. Now you ask Brett, you think you can catch a ball on me? Brett, Brett will tell him, you lucky if you, you, lucky if you stand next to me when I catch the ball. <laughs> so to, to, to see to see him grow from, I would say, I would say a little a, a little boy, a little man, to see him being like, yeah, I can do whatever I put my mind to. That's and, right. And to see him actually believe that instead of me just saying it, he actually believes it. And you see it happens on the field and things like that. That's what my goal is. That's what I get pleasure from. And I feel and and, and I tell all the kids, they always text me every Friday night that they have a good game. Hey, thank you, coach. No, thank you for trusting me to see your potential because you always had that. And I and I and I always and when they text me, I always I always go to prayer and say, Hey God, thank you for giving me an opportunity because without God the opportunity wouldn't have been there, but also God already put that potential inside of them and he'll use me as a vessel to help bring it out. So that's how I see it. Fantastic. Yeah. And I, that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on was the impact that you had on Brett. Uh, I think he was a good, he was, he's a pretty good kid overall, but just what you were able to do and not only uh, mentally, I think he was better, but physically when you guys would do testing, he would continue to improve. Well, that didn't happen on it. it, it, I sort of say didn't happen on his own. He he had to put effort into it, but he needed someone like Dylan to be able to pull that out of him. And I think that's what's so great about D one is for any athlete out there that's wanting to, rise to whatever level that maybe they think they can't be uh i would disagree with that i think there's potential in about everyone whether you're wanting to be an nfl quarterback or you just want to get a little better being a you know a soccer player or whatever you know anything in between so well this was great dylan i appreciate the time you can keep keep going (laughs) ask, ask some more i love this i love talking i love like i love this keep going well, I, I I didn't want I want to be mindful of your time, so I want to nah, make sure nah, we got nah, we got time. Go ahead, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> well, so okay, so then let's back up a little bit then because I'd like I'd like to promote a little bit about D1. I know that you have different programs for Brett specifically. He came in for strength and conditioning and that program in general. Maybe if you would let me back up. I'm getting ahead of myself. Before we came to you guys. And we're talking football, so I know right. that there, we may be, we may have basketball players and baseball players and hockey players. But 
uh, you can sort of tailor it to what their needs are. But for this conversation, it's that. And I remember that he had gotten some footwork and agility work prior to this. He was working out at the, at the, I think planet fitness, he was doing stuff with school, but it was so interesting when he came in and what he accomplished with specifically strength and conditioning that I, neither he nor I knew the impact that this could have on him as an athlete, as a person mentally and physically. So can you dive in a little bit about what exactly are you doing when you talk about strength and conditioning for an athlete? What actually does that entail? So being an athlete, especially, and we're going to talk about football because that's where, uh, not that I get my like, football, basketball, every sport plays the same, but to train an athlete, you have to train an athlete the way they're going to play on a football field or a basketball court or a soccer field, right? A lot of things, a lot of things about explosion, also over, over, overtime strength. And things of that nature and training the whole body, not just the big muscles, but you got to um, train the small muscles and the quick twitch muscles and things like that. Um, just going back to myself, when I was training, I trained Brett that way. I trained Brett the way that my strength coaches trained me in college to show me, okay, reach high, reach your full potential. You got to get these muscles stronger. Uh, you're not faster. We gotta get. We gotta work on um, sprinting drills. And we gotta work on your hamstrings. Gotta work on your your hip mobility. Things like that. Doing things like that. Um, when Brett first came in, I would say his explosion. If you're going to level one to ten, it was at a five or a four. Now his explosion is at like an eight nine because of the fact he know how to use his entire body to produce what he need to produce. Um, going into the strength conditioning, strength part. A lot of a lot of athletes missing are missing that in high school. A lot of athletes just go in the weight room and just do put just do bench press squats and things like that, and don't train like the unilateral muscles, right? Don't train the the feet to feel what you need to feel on the football field, or they are doing too many things and not doing the same thing over and over to get to get it down pack and to get good at something. They are doing too many things. So when in sense of training wise. You have to train in a in a way of being okay, strategic on what you're trying to accomplish. Um, when Brett first came in, he told me, "Yeah, we might do this for two months." So I knew in those two months, um, I had to really make a plan. Okay, what do we have to do in this small window to get him to be great? After those two months was over with, I said, "Okay, Brett, are we done?" No, nah, no, nah, we got to go all the way until football season start. <laughs> yes. Good, because now yes. he sees the impact of the training that we're doing. I said, and I'm like, "Do you do this at high in your high school?" No, it's not nothing we do. I just get real sore high school. Okay, well that's a problem. You can sore sore every time after you work out. What? Why? Why is that? Let's figure that out. Um, okay, coming in here, let's take videos of what we're doing, Brett. Okay. Why are your hands like this? When you're running a route, why are you raising your chest up to break down? Why not stand down? Because now you're telling the cornerback you either finna go out or in or finna do a do something, do a route or a curl route or something. Now, as Brett running routes, his chest stays low. He used his understanding his body to manipulate routes and things like that to do exactly what he wanna do. And that makes him a better player on the football field. Mm-hmm. Being stronger. I see him right next to him in a video, I seen him drag a kid three or four or five yards. And it's not because um, any. It's not because of the kid was just smaller than Brett. Brett is actually stronger than he was last year. So having those mechanics and things as one now, you are a better athlete right now. You see the best athletes right now. 
they do things that's going to help them be great. You don't see a quarterback doing backpedaling drills. You know why? <laughs> you know why he's not doing backpedaling drill and breaking on the ball? He's not a cornerback. Now he'll do a five, he'll do a three-step or a five-step drop to understand his mechanics. So you have to train athletes like that. And too often you see athletes doing things that don't get them better, right? And that's the problem right now we're seeing not only in Spring Hill, but all over where all over the place in Columbia, um, Mount Pleasant. A lot of guys I train are saying this is way different than what I'm used to in high school. I train you like you're a college athlete because college athletes, as a college athlete who's a former college athlete, we have I have seen it go from me squatting 315 struggling for one to me squatting 315 for 15 reps. So wow. understanding the body and treating the body the way that it, that you manipulate on the field, that's how you got to train. This is all really good stuff. And I, I would say to those that are listening, if you are in the the area, the Spring Hill, Columbia, you know, Murfreesboro, Nolansville, Franklin, wherever in the surrounding areas, I a hundred percent will put my stamp of approval on D1 and especially Dylan, what you have done to help uh, my son. He's He's uh, so much better just physically and mentally as well. And you touched on a, a good portion of the, the mental aspect as well. So as we wrap this up, first of all, thank you for being a part of this. Second of all, yeah, absolutely. Second of all, want to make sure that everybody is aware of D1 and Spring Hill. We'll make sure we, when we do the uh, social media posts, we'll make sure we'll, we'll tag you and Dre and uh, D1 and all that. We'll get that, the message out for you. But as we wrap this up, as we finish out, what is a parting message today, Drew, uh, uh, that you drew or that you drew from all of this, from all your experiences and everything that maybe something you can leave as we close this out. And again, Dylan, thank you for spending well, time with us today. Um, one thing that I will leave today for anybody that's listening, adult kid or whatever you are, I just want to leave this with you and say, don't look back. Um, is a reason why the rearview mirror is such, so much smaller than the, um, the windshield. Um, you pay too much time looking back. You never see what's in front of you. You miss opportunities, right? Um, if you're going to come, if you're going to go for a goal or a vision for your life, you have to commit to that goal and vision. Um, I was listening to a sermon this morning. It was like commit to it, commit to the goal, right? And commit mean you have to be submissive to that goal. Being submissive is being being underneath that, right? Being underneath as a submarine, you go sub, you go underneath. So being submissive, you have to be underneath that goal and understanding that this vision or this goal for my life is what I'm striving to be. And you can't get to that goal or that vision if you keep continuing to look back. Um, I look back for a number of years and now I'm just I'm really now looking forward with blinders on, knowing that distractions and and everything is gonna come my way. But how I get to the goal and get to the place that is my destiny and my destination is by never looking back and not stopping in, in the middle. Because stopping in the middle is quitting. And we all, as human, we have and I don't and like I tell everybody, I'm, I believe in Jesus Christ, God, my Lord, Savior. So I know God meant more for me than to quit every time things get hard. Sometimes when things get hard, God is saying telling you to li listen to faith and not listen to your own understanding. 
faith is what drives us to reach goals. And so every young man or young lady or grown up out there, we have to have faith that it may not be now for you, but later on you will understand. Um, Jalen Hurst said it best, you know, in, in the Bible would say, you may not know the plans right now. I'm a paraphrase, right? You may not know my plans now, but soon you'll understand. So don't look back, look at, look straight ahead, look forward and know that it, it will happen. But you got to put that work and you got to have faith that it will happen. This podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed by guests are not necessarily those of the host. Please seek the advice of a trusted adult or qualified professional on matters specific to your needs. Thank you.